Hello everyone, this is Omni. Welcome to episode 3 of Collecting Opinions. On uh, today's episode, we'll be talking about a very common uh, item in board games and tabletop. Uh, one of the original algorithms, I guess you can kind of say. Uh, dice! Dice, these, these things. These little things. I have all, I have with me a uh, uh, guest host. Uh, or... or uh, co-host i don't know how, how i'm going to introduce other hosts that way um but it's uh danik rose <laughs> hey everybody hi hey, uh, danik uh you are quite the experience with dice actually um you are a uh a D, &D dm actually i'm gonna let you go ahead and say your introduction actually <laughs> yeah sure no problem hi no, thanks for the intro, um, Omni. And uh, yeah, so I'm Danik. I'm Danik, uh, Danik Rose online. And I have been playing D&D off and on for, oh, probably <laughs> a long time now. <laughs> um, I will. It's been over 20 years for sure. Over 20 years. So playing, playing D &D since off, off and on. And, uh, <laughs> and, and <laughs> since before I was born, because um, I have an interesting story about that, I'll save for later. But yeah, totally. Yeah, hi everybody, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. So for those that don't know, dice are these little, are uh, oh, what would you call them? Three uh, uh, D objects. <laughs> yeah, they are probably the one of the oldest uh, means of just sort of. Um, probably one of the oldest tools used for uh, entertainment and non-entertainment purposes, for that matter, out there, probably. It's kind of be harder pressed to find something that's older than dice in terms of um, using it for entertainment or or uh, tools. That and they're, to, mm -hmm. yeah, I was saying they're they're used in in in, in many different ways, uh, from simple simple uh simple uh educational games to all the way up to gambling where you lose all your money <laughs> yeah or more right possibly even more right yeah and so uh dice will have uh typically they have uh they can have as less as little as two faces right and that's that's people would go that's a coin that's not a dice um so we have uh so it all it all has to so so uh, isn't there such thing as a d1 isn't there doesn't someone make like a d1 or something <laughs> well i guess it's sort of a it's just a i guess you could in theory right <laughs> we're gonna skip that meme the meme of d1 because d1 is technically it's Never, it's not. It's not a true dice because it didn't do anything. Um, but you can be as small as a as a D two, which is sure. You know, most people say it's a coin, but uh, really, it's I mean, it's not really because because coins denote currency, and these these are not these are not currency. Um, and they can be any shape. Uh, this could be sure. a triangle uh, that's two sided, um, all the way up to. I don't have a hundred sided dice, but uh, the most common. Uh, polyhedral is the uh, that goes it goes as 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 high as to, as twenty is what I have, uh, d twenty. Um, now uh, full set I believe and uh, Danik you can you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong it's a a d three, right? D three or d four? Sorry, d d four and then a d 
eight. No, D6, D6. Sorry, D6. Yeah, no, I can actually pull out this. Ah, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're a little bit more tidier <laughs> than I am, so, <laughs> so maybe we're gonna pull out the uh, the dice the dice set and show people what a what a quote unquote standard uh, uh, dice set is when you purchase them. For sure. So this is interesting because um, the colors here I'm specifically picking out because um, there is a for those who are into D&D and related, they may rec some of them may recognize why I am pulling these specific ones out. Um, I am missing the I am missing a couple here. Uh, which color are they? Um, it was blue. So, oh, we might need to zoom in a little. Sure, bit of course. With the with the set. When yep. you get, yeah, when you get yes, set I will now. get it out here. But there is yes, it is a set of seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, and it is. I this isn't the original color, but that's okay. I just want to show you. <laughs> um, but yeah, this these are. The ones that you would typically get if you were ever to join, like play D and D, right? You would get a set of these. So I will hold them up so that people can see. There you go. There you go. That works. So yeah, see, there, there are seven. Uh, that is uh, D, D, D four, D six, D eight, D twelve. Oh, sorry, D ten, D twelve, and then D twenty. Well, there's two, there's two that... D tens. Oh right, right. I'm like, I knew something was doubled. Um, and so this is the that's what you when you purchase a, a dice set, mm -hmm. that is what is considered a dice set. Yep. Um, I think I think not a lot of games outside of D and D use that full set. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, D and D was actually one of the reasons why they uh, they were able to enforce a copyright was the fact that they were one of the few out there that used non-standard dice. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't actually know that. I did not know they copyrighted the dice. Well, sort of, yeah. <laughs> they, they copyrighted a system. I don't know the, all the details, and so I'll, um, someone will probably <laughs> will write in the comments angrily, like, what are you talking about? But, um, yeah, it's part of it has to do with using a D20 for gaming. And there's mm. some kind of relationship, either like a patent or something, initially... It's, it says the patent portion has expired, but it was one of the ways that um, they were able to enforce, uh, you know, trademark or copyright or some kind of restrictions mm -hmm. um, because they were the D and D was the only one allowed to use a D twenty for certain gaming purposes. So, sure, sure, sure. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting to me that 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 is uh, that is uh, something that occurred. Um, now, what was I going to point out? Um, um, yeah, dice, dice, so the dice, the dice, uh, come in, like I said, we, like we were just saying, the dice set comes in seven, um, but they all, they all have numbers on them, um, in, in the set, but, but, like, just like the D2 here, there are some dice that don't have numbers, I don't remember the game, You'll know which game it is, but it's a, it's a tabletop. But this dice, you might look familiar. To some of you, they can see the video. It's got a plus and a minus and a blank spot. Oh, nice. Um, yep. So that's a, that's basically a... To me, it looks like maybe it's a D3. Kind of. Kind of. I think... 
it has two okay so it has it's a d6 um but it is it is it is a it is a it is a d3 common denominator dice because it has two pluses two minuses and two blank spots um yep so be yeah. a d3 then that would be the equivalent um, of a d3 um it's a probability dice in that sense as well um because it's only there's a couple of there's it's dub results it's a d6 it's a d6 in shape but it is a d3 in theory um but the 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 fact that it's a d6 shape there's a twice the there's there's twice the chance of getting one of those uh options um do you know what the game is like i'm trying to think of i think it's dungeon world that uses these dice or maybe was it I don't oh. know which one, but yeah, was it? But sorry, I'm, I'm like. Was it? Was it one of like a uh, little cyberpunk ones? Um, actually, actually, I can I can pull this up on the internet. I think it was. I think the game I was using it for was a game, a little game called Fiasco. I think that I think that might have been. Oh, nice. Uh, Fiasco dice. Uh, Fiasco dice roller. No, that didn't help me at all. That also, come on, come on. Where is this? Where is this dice from? <laughs> Where is this um, dice you get from? This, that you get this a, a lot. Thing. You get this a lot when you start collecting dice. You get weird dice that you're like, I don't know where this is from. Um, oh my god. Uh, 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 okay, cool. Um, while I'm talking, th- or while I'm looking that up, though. Um, uh, yeah. I guess what got you into collecting dice? So just the D and D aspect, or yeah, the, a lot of it was the D and D aspect, but um, but it was a it was a couple of things. Um, it this kind of maybe is a good segue into part of what I meant before I was born. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so my I found out um, relatively young in life that my father actually was one of the. Um, was an avid enthusiast of D&D in the very, very, very beginnings, to the point where um, now today I actually do have a copy of the very first published rules for Dungeons and Dragons back from Ooh. 1970s, and it's in great condition, unbelievable condition. And um, I've always had this sort of fascination with dice, and there's something interesting here that I wanted to show you. Um, I don't know if this would make the the most sense for it or not, but um, have you ever heard of a D5? No, no, not at all, not at all. I have I have no idea what that is. Yeah, so the. This idea of chance and probability has definitely been something that my family um, has been sort of part, sort of ingrained in them for a long time, and it sort of I think this is where it probably rubbed off on me, even though I didn't realize it at the time. And have you ever heard of a game called? Um, uh, it's a Korean game. Uh, okay. It's called, and it's they use what's effectively a D5. And I saw this growing up, and I didn't realize it, but this sort of was one of the things. I should probably segue here yes. for the audience. By the way, we name... So how dice are named? Dice are named by the number of sites um, or or number of outcomes they have. Uh, which is why uh, when we were talking about the Fate Dice, I found out the name. I, I looked at oh, it, nice. it finally. Okay. It's Fate Dice um, or Fudge Dice. Uh, but Fate Dice have only three... 
uh, three uh, results. So in theory, or in practice, it is a D3. But it has six sides, so D6 for each D, uh, each side. So that's how the naming of the the dice are, the dice are. And I know someone's going to make D jokes. <laughs> anyway, um, but of course. So D5 means it's a dice for whatever weird reason. Um, I'm going to... What's a D6 and a D8? Here, how different they are. So this is a D8, right? And then this is a D6. So they're very even. Like, they have a shape that, that the sides are in. Um, and then you're able to do that. So a D5 is quite interesting, because I don't know what the heck shape that looks like. Because I don't even know if you can evenly make that a shape. Because the D4 is pushing it. It's a pyramid. It's pushing it. Um, it's pushing it, so... Um, so go on, go on. Uh, please explain, explain further the D5 and this this uh, this game that uses it. Yeah. So thanks. You're right. D is whatever is the num is what the terminology we use. And the most, like you said, most people when they think of dice, they think of regular polyhedrons. You know, these things. You know, that have the same shape, just a bunch of them together, right? So um, and to make dice, well. That's not the only um, form that they can take. Um, and what I was going to show you was these. I don't know if you've ever seen these before. Oh my god. Have you ever seen these before? No. <laughs> they don't look like dice, right? For those, At that all. Don't, for those that don't see the video, I'm going to explain I'm going to explain what I'm seeing and then I'll have Danik go ahead and explain what these are. But they look like rods. With uh, Korean letters, or not the Korean letters? Sorry, I'm, I'm they're not, Chinese the letters. Chinese letters. I, I just yeah. you said Korean game, and I said I said yeah. But they're Chinese characters, and they're just rods with Chinese characters. <laughs> just so they don't look anything like dice. <laughs> so, but I, like I said, I, I will I will let Dana continue um, to explain what exactly how these how these connect in the world of dice. Yeah, and um, because one of the purposes of dice is to determine random numbers, mm, right? Mm, mm. It, and so, obviously, dice, one of the thing about them is that they all have an equal probability of a single face coming up, generally speaking. So we like that, right? But that isn't the only way to do it. So this is actually part of a Korean game. It's a traditional game called Yut. Mm. And it's four sticks, and the sticks have a shape, a very distinct shape. Can you, it's a oh okay. Not, it's not circular. It is almost circular with one side of it shaved flat. So it's like an eighty percent circle, twenty percent flat side. <laughs> right. And so, and when the flat side is down. It means the rounded part is up, and usually these will have any number of markings. These particular ones happen to have Chinese characters on them, but they don't have to, and traditionally they just, it's any kind of marking. It could be as simple as a, an X on it, right? And so there's four of them, and they all have the same shape. And this part of a board game, that traditional board game, that's a, it's a type of, it's almost like a type of backgammon type game, but it's a it's very common for parties and families to play because it's done in teams. I have a board too as well um, to to display an example, but it's played on a board like this, um, where you have to tr you have to go around the entire board, 
from start to finish. Mm -hmm. um, and they have little markers, but there's no limit on the number of players because everyone plays as a team between two teams. So the way you determine, you roll the dice, so to speak, is you use these sticks. And it's going to be a little noisy, but um, I'll just give you an example of what it would look like. So you just, it's just a, you toss it like this. And in this particular situation, we have three of the sticks are curved side down with the flat shaved portion up. Mm -hmm. And one stick has the flat portion down with the writing. So in this particular scenario, this value is three. So hmm. in the game, they would move three places. Okay, sure, but how is this a D5? Well, it's actually pretty interesting how they do it. So since we're on camera, I will show some of it. If all flat sides are up, okay. this is a four. Okay. Um, but if all the flat sides are down, so four flat sides down, no no flat sides up, and only markings are visible, hmm. this is actually a five. Okay. And so it's a, the the count. The way you count is however many flat sides are up is how many spaces you move. But if no flat sides are up. That's a five. So in the sense, it's actually like a D five. Okay, right, because because of the way that you can play four sticks, they can be the four results, and then they can be blank, and then and then un, not blank, right? So that that makes two plus the plus each each. So those that don't understand, yeah. um, sticks have markings on them. As I said, they're the Chinese characters. Um, so when one is one has characters, and then none of them have have the characters. That moves through the four the four sticks in the regards to the position, and so then you get a fifth, so to speak, result because you can either have no characters or all characters. So, so that's an interesting, interesting. That's an interesting way to make a D five. Yeah, and it's different as well because it is, and this is a, a fact of whenever you use multiple dice as well and one of the differences of course is that when you use multiple dice or in this case sticks the probabilities change obviously the probability of getting a five or a four are pretty low because mm. all the sticks have to be right one right. way but but there's a lot more combinations of getting two mm. or three so it, getting twos or threes are a lot more common than getting you know fours or fives mm. So it's in in the strictest sense, it is not a D five, but it does the job, and it's you only need a pair, of, you only need a few sticks to do it. So, and this is how is this connected to me and my dice collecting is because um, my family um, at I didn't realize it at the time, but you know when we would have big family gatherings mm -hmm. um, with my mother's side of the family, they would play this, and there I remember times when it was incredibly loud, energetic, and just huge amount of excitement over these sticks being tossed around, and I didn't really know at the time. But as I grew up and older, I learned about it, and it piqued my interest, and um, it sort of helped get me more interested in dice mm -hmm. as I as I got older. But yeah, this Very is cool. a uh, yeah a little, probably something most people didn't no, really I didn't, think I didn't about even, when they think of yeah, dice. Yeah, I didn't even think yeah. about it. Um, but uh, going back to traditional dice, traditional dice, um, as we were talking about, 
They come in, they come in, usually they'll come in a set, or you can get them as individual dice. Sometimes people will sell them in a, in a, in a bundle of just a box of dice. Now, the dice can be made out of many different materials. Um, um, and I'll talk about this particular type of dice in a second. I'm just using this as an example. Um, can be used in many, many different materials, but this is particularly common. Most common is resin. Uh, am I, would you, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely the most flexible. Okay. Um, but you can make it out of wood. I've seen wood dice. There's also precious gems dice and metal dice. Uh, metal dice, uh, you'll have to be very careful. Uh, they look cool, but they can, uh, they can shatter things. So, uh, <laughs> they can, they can cause damage. I mean, these dice too. Um, these are like cantrips, basically. If you if you just leave them on the floor or something, or 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 you, you throw them. Ah, there we go. Danik has some metal dice. There we go. So you can see it is different material, and that material also will change the weight um, distribution as well, and things like that. So it will change the probability. Now, I have here this red dice that I pulled out. Which I have a set of um, and everything. The reason I pulled this out is that there are also other methods of creating that probability of kind of making it as fair as possible um, um what was it one of these uh one of these one of these dice by the way um have a has a has a defect um and i have a couple of people that will because of the way these dice are supposed to be made the defected dice they 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 say that it's cheating um and they do not allow that dice in play um, it's I think it's the d6. I think it's like there's like a there's like a extra piece on the eight But these are supposed to be perfect probability dice so to speak um, um, Perfectly random because they're sculpted and molded in a way. Oh, no, it is the d20 It's the d20 and it's on a seven. So I don't know how that would help me. That's really cheating. But anyway um, but you can also shape the dice so that it always you know, it's it's completely random on where it's gonna fall. Um, um, so, with that being said, um, I will I will ask the question to you, Danik. What are your What are your thoughts on on banning particular dice because of yeah probabilities? So that is a great question, actually, because I actually, as you were speaking, it reminded me of these two die and the differences between them. For those of you who cannot see, these are both d20 or 20-sided die. However, they are f fundamentally different in how they are arranged. How so? So this is an orange die, and this is a typical D&D &D, um, die that you will find in most you know, sets and whatnot. This is what you will typically find when you are looking for dice. Mm -hmm. And this particular one, what makes it a standard die is that um, any standard die is going to have a very important property where the opposite faces will always add up to the same number. So if you lay it flat, the number on the top that you see plus the number on the bottom that you cannot see will always add up to the same number regardless of the die. So that's a property of just die, of any typical die. So in a d20's case, they always add up to 21. So in this case, if you look at 7, opposite 7 is going to be 14. So they add up to be 21. That's typical. Now, this particular die, 
is actually banned in some places, even though it is a D20 and it is perfectly weighted. But why? Because this is what's called a spin-down die. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but this marking here is a special mark. It means 20. But it, this does not have that property where opposite sides add up to 21. This is used for tracking and keeping track of values as opposed to being rolled. So you start out with 20 at the top, and then every number, the next number down, is always next to it. So 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12. So this is a way to easily keep track of things like hit points or damage. Right, I was going to, I was going to enter, yeah, I was definitely going to interject that uh, dice also can be used as counters. Um, this is very kind of old, old school type of thing um, and all that. So that's that's what he, that's what Danik means when uh, he's talking about um, counting down for like hit points and things like that. So um, yeah, right, continue, continue. Yeah. So yeah. So the the idea that you know dice are unfair or um, need are um, there's uh, biases in them. Yeah, of course it is. And um, there are times when I've seen seemingly innocuous innocuous dice, you know, dice or dies being used and find out later that they actually were not approved for xyz or something like that um one example of it is and for that reason i don't use it other than um you know in casual play is a dice like this which is two d6s but in one single die <laughs> oh the infamous double double six <laughs> yes so this one yeah um, is an example where because the weight of the inside die can change and things like that, people will often sometimes complain that this is not truly um, random. But um, if you do get on a topic of randomness in dice, um, I have a very interesting anecdote that I um, encountered with this um, years ago with a actually actual national level professional backgammon player. They were not professional for the U.S. team. They were in the U.S. for a summer, and I was working oh, in the university. Okay. I was working at a camp um, down in California, a technology computer camp. But in the dormitories where we were staying, there happened to be um, a lady. I believe she was somewhere from Eastern Europe. I believe it was Slovakia, but I can't remember. It's been years ago. And she was an honest-to-goodness professional backgammon player for the Slovakian national team. Interesting. And the reason why I found out about her was because it was a technology camp and she had approached, she heard about it and she needed some stable internet. At the time, this was years ago, it was a little bit harder to get stable, fast internet. Mm -hmm. And she needed it because she was actually scheduled to play um, some international tournaments for backgammon. There were exhibition matches, but it was fascinating to see because she brought up a very interesting point. And she said, we're playing this online, and so all of the dice rolls are done by computer. Mm, oh, the, uh, the infamous argument between a digital and and men and uh, physical physical algorithm. <laughs> yeah, it's and it has. She mentioned in her circle, um, the discussion often, um, even it was often a discussion about the fact that the online digital die. The, the general um, legend, if you so to speak, the superstition was, is that the dice always seemed to 
in her words, always seem to go against the person in the lead. <laughs> so it was, yeah, whoever was ahead, it always seemed like just as they were, didn't matter if it was her or someone else, or you know, the opponent, the, the, the feeling at the time, at that level of play, um, at that moment in time, was that, yeah, these digital random die, which in theory were truly random, they couldn't shake that feeling that the dice were fighting for the underdog, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, I will probably talk about this in a video game uh, collecting uh, opinions episode, but just as a sure. as a aside, by the way, to those listening, that uh, is the basically that is the equivalent. That is what we call in in the video game world rubber banding, rubber banding, um, which is the the a, the the computer the the, the programming. Uh, does not allow you to get too far into the lead um, because uh, because then it would be a little too easy. And so you're, you're rubber banding. So you'll, you'll notice that the racers are getting faster or they get slower depending on where you are on the track um, or the position. So Yeah, the, the Mario Kart blue shell. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like that, that the dice really really was trying to make the algorithm was trying to make it fair rather than random now, now to be fair this was just anecdotal right right of i course, mean th at the time believe it or not the number one site for online backgammon was um rest in peace was msn gaming <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yes that tells you a bit how far back in time we're going here but um yes so msn gaming so it was run by microsoft um, the gaming. So there's a reasonable expectation that the dice truly were random. However, that doesn't change the human factor and everybody, you know, playing a game, especially at the time, <laughs> was human. So it's hard to divorce yourself from that emotional tie to the, the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. For those that don't know, MSN Gaming was uh, was run run by the Egyptians. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's old, but this it's not, I did it's, not know. It's old, but it's not that old. I, 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 I yeah. like that little joke. Um, that's really interesting um, about computer dice because yeah, everyone always is like, oh, just use use the computer dice, and I'm like, I don't know. I I, I really I use computer dice in in my in my normal on uh, online streaming games, um, but only because. It, it's a little harder. To, it's 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 a little um, harder. It was harder to pull this out. I had to, I had to, I had to actually pull up my dice. But I might change that uh, moving forward now that I know where the dice is. Um, but we were speaking about uh, uh, we we're speaking about the dice rolling against the leader, which segues into one of my favorite things: um, dice jail. For those that don't know what dice jail is, it is when you have a particular section in your dice bag or a separate dice bag or a separate place for these dice to go. When you have a dice that rolls one too many times against you, um, uh, and uh, Danik, do you have a you have a dice jail, don't you? Actually, believe it or not, for as much as I do play with dice, I actually don't have a dice jail. Ooh! Well, you live yeah. on the wild side. You live on the wild side. I do. Wild, wild, wild less dice here. Your dice are, like, so lucky. You just, <laughs> you just let them live. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> well, I, there's actually probably a more mundane and less interesting explanation, and that's the fact that typically when I do play D&D, um, more often than not, um, I the type of characters that I play when I do play, as opposed to DMing, when I do play, I make it a point to try to not put themselves into situations where um, a single dice roll is uh, a critical factor in determining the, the success of a larger campaign or action. That's very considerate of you as a DM. Um, yeah. I don't. Well, as a player too, like as a characters, I try not to do those things. So. Yeah. Um, now, uh, as an example, I have like I'm gonna roll a dice, right? Oh my god, that was bad. <laughs> that was bad. It rolled oh, into the wow. bag. It rolled into the bag. Oh my god, it's wanting to just go back in the bag. Okay, that's an eight. Sixteen and a nine. So that that was fine. Um, mm -hmm. Now I'm gonna pull out. This is my dice jail. It's like a like a blue bag. I'm gonna pull out one of the terrible dice. Maybe because um, for those that don't know, dice jail is not permanent. It's uh, it's they do get their they do get a second chance sometimes. Now the second chance, if they fail again, and they stay in the dice jail for a little longer. Um, this is the one I picked up. It's just like, like clear clear dice. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. so, and it rolled off the table. I'm not picking that up. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do that over again <laughs> with a different dice. It just, it just wasn't even wanting to, was not, not wanting to go for, go into trial. They're like, nope. I'm just gonna fall off the, fall off the table. My chance to, it's our chance to run. Run away, freedom. Okay, so eight, twelve, and fourteen. So, so this dice would save itself, and it would, uh, it would be taken out of the dice shell as as per chance um now we are going to get into the section that's more of the of the podcast it's more uh opinionated so to speak sure um, sure um i know what got me into dice um it was i think i was playing i don't remember how long ago it was but i collected dice pretty young but i think i think it was the shiny colors but I think that really, 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 when I thought about serious as serious collecting, it was when I played a, a one D and D game, and they're like, "You need dice," and I was like, oh, "I'll pick some of dice," um, and they became these shiny rocks, basically. Nice. And every time I'm like, "Oh, this looks cool. This looks this looks cool," which is not necessarily the best way to, to collect dice, but that's how I got into dice, oh. and that's how I collect it my dice. It's completely valid. It's <laughs> totally valid. So, Danik, how did you? Well, I guess I guess we kind of answered that question. But how 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 did um, what drew you to collecting dice? I guess, and what yeah. what is it uh, that you look in uh, what you look for in your dice? Yeah. So, great question. Um, I am a firm believer that you can never have enough pretty cool dice. So uh, even it purely aesthetics is absolutely 100% valid, I feel. And I'm, glad, I'm glad we agree. Is, I'm glad we agree. <laughs> yes, yes. And the, the times over the years when I've had to restrain myself from picking up a die or a die set simply because of some kind of, you know, beautiful pattern or something like that is numerous is <laughs> numerous and so for me what is a criteria for choosing the dice set and um when i buy it and 
it's changed a bit over the years. Um, for me, um, as we have moved a lot more online, uh, definitely the usage of in-person dye, live dye, hard, you know, tactile dye is, has dropped uh, for sure. And it's unfortunate, but um, there are other things that I've done to try to revive that aspect, which I have waiting in the wings here uh, when we get to it, to alternative uses of dice um, for gaming. But for me, the criteria now is going to be a lot more of the visual aesthetic. Um, examples being are these metallic die that I showed briefly, but I have this set here of average size uh, die, dice, um, and they Those are, are purple. Those are pretty. Yeah, it is a purple face with a silver edges, and they're shiny. Um, they're they're full metal, 100% metal. Um, they have a very nice heft to them, and it they just have this very nice feel. And for me, when I picked it up and saw it, I said that's just going to be nice to have. Um, it is interesting to note that the D4, which is a pyramidal shape, for those of you unfamiliar, this particular set's D4 are extraordinarily sharp to the point where it is actually too dangerous for me <laughs> to really uh, to toss around um, absentmindedly. But it's going to be some kind of gimmick maybe or aesthetic about it that I've, of something that I don't have is going to be the primary driving factor. And to follow that up, here's another set of metal dice I have, but they're approximately one-fourth the size of each oh, of the wow. die they're, I just showed. Uh, they're like iridescent almost. They are iridescent dye, um, also full metal, but they are very, um, for their size, they're quite hefty. I would say they're approximately um, a half an inch to about a centimeter, a little over, just over a centimeter for those uh, using uh, metric units. But yeah, these are very nice and pretty as well. They're sort of like this rainbowy type of thing. Um, so yeah, those will be the, for me, that's the big thing. Um, and then occasionally I'll run across a die like this, which is... <laughs> a giant D20. Um, it is light, it is resin, but um, something like this is for those rare times when you just want to roll a die for dramatic effect. And it's really more about the act of rolling a giant die across a table that everybody can see clearly. I think everyone's had, yeah, I, was say, I think everyone's had that moment playing D and D. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, for me, a lot of it. Now, when I was buying die in the beginning, um, I would always make sure I bought them as sets. So, mm, looking through my collection here, okay. I would always make sure that it was part of a, a set. So, I have this large collection of D6 die. They're all the same color, exact same color. Um, pattern and everything and I bought them as a big cube um, but over the years I've been less picky about that and more interested on dice as their you know individual characters but yeah, I was gonna say I I, I, I I sometimes will buy sets but I'm just I am random I, I've got this <laughs> this like uh, this like blood red white <laughs> white d20 that does not match anything else um, the closest sure, thing that sure. might match is my maybe this uh, this D10, but like this is obviously you can see from the numbers that is different. Um, so yeah, I'm completely opposite of that. I, I, from the from the get go, I was like, <laughs> I just I'm just gonna pick up sure. whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, and there was one of the things that kind of helped me a little bit too. Um, it surprisingly, even though it didn't result in me immediately getting more dice of my own, was. 
um, what, there was a little rule in the small circle of friends that I had in university college um, who were playing D&D, and they were the ones that sort of got me back into D&D again, or it's got me into D&D again, I should say, in the, in the first place mm. in, in, a, in a serious way. And the small little rule that that group had was if you're playing D&D for the first time or joining it, um, the rule is, is that the first set of dice you buy, of seven dice, are always a gift from somebody in the group to the new player. That's cool. And so, yeah, it was a way of sort of welcoming welcoming, welcoming them to the group of players and to the D&D at large, saying, hey, um, we want you to feel welcome. And it usually is a very simple set, but um, I have taken that to heart. And over the years, as I have been more, um, as I was engaged more in DMing in the community, especially my local game store, um, I definitely took that to heart. And I would do that occasionally for new players um, I would because it was a gaming store um, I would say hey you're if you're interested in this let's go do this and either I would or maybe a couple people would chip in and we would buy that person a brand new set of seven die to get them started this is a really cool one I remember this is from um, those are cool that's a nice that's a nice yeah. one um, all right so next on the on on the thing what are your thoughts on because we mentioned you just because I, I, I asked this question because you did mention the the metal dice being cool but being very dangerous <laughs> yes they are so what are your thoughts on dice tower and for those that aren't listening that don't know what a dice tower is it's typically a d- device it's typically a a structure that you throw dice in and it hits a bunch of random walls and then uh, to randomize the, the roll and then it has a catch um, which can be either a basket or it can be a padded a padded area where the dice stop rolling um, how do you feel about dice towers I actually love them and I actually have two that I regularly use um, I am I think I can probably pull them out here but yes i use them a lot and i actually swear by them i think they're an amazing thing for sure and do you have a dice tower to show i don't have a dice tower so i'm i'm on the i'm on the opposite end (laughs) sure um because my thing right is that i i it's probably more cleanly and you don't get your dice lost and blah 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 um and it can be a little less dangerous when you have heavier elements but for me there's something visceral about this and i'm going to just show you what i'm talking about the the hand roll like it's just because you're like you're getting it and i know my camera's being weird now <laughs> you're getting it into the into the into the palm of your hands it's it's collecting your aura um i'm a little more superstitious when it comes to that so i do not use dice uh towers because i like to have a physical throw um um, so I am I am very opposite. So I, I would love to hear why you swear by them, actually. Could I follow up that question with that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I did find one of my backup dice tower because it's actually a very unique, interesting thing. And this is not the, a primary reason why I swear by them. However, it definitely is one reason why I find dice tower to be so fun, I guess. It adds to sort of the fun aspect of it. And this, for those of you who cannot see, this is a wood-etched DM screen. Um, it is something you it's, you buy as a kit, and 
you put it together. Um, it's very difficult to put together because of the small parts, but it's used when DMing, um, running a D&D campaign or an adventure, and you are you can put uh, custom screens, uh, custom you know different um, notes and whatnot on it. Um, for those of you who've ever seen something like Critical Role, this is the type of thing that you would see potentially, you know, um, holding secret notes behind so the players can't see. Now, the, um, I will interject the original, because some, some of the screens are pretty simple. They're just literally cardboard pieces. The initial, in regards to dice as well, so that way, just circle the background. The initial reason that you sure. have a DM screen, um, this can be in any kind of game with the dice roll, uh, where you're fighting against some of the dice roll. It's that so that those dice rolls, uh, so that you don't see you know, how many dice that they're rolling or how many other particular factors in regards to the dice themselves that um, you don't want to you don't want to share with the with the group until the proper time. So it's it's to hide a lot of the actions basically. Of the, of the DM. Yeah, and it's also a great way for DM to keep notes too, right? It's like notes about things that they don't necessarily want to make immediately public. But this is an example of the convenience of it because, for those of you that can't see, the back of the screen actually has an integrated dice tower. As, as you see there, it's a different number. It's it, it's a it'll be a different number, hopefully. <laughs> I might yeah. not have been the best example on that one as it rolls away. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, see there you go. But, yeah. It's got a little little uh, end stopper area, and then and then and then it hits it a bunch of times. Yeah, and I guess the other reason why I I personally like it is for me is as much as I agree with you, um, uh, Omni. Yes, I also like that tactile sort of experience of shaking dice and throwing it. I actually do like it a lot, and I still do it a lot. I think for me, one of the challenges is that. Um, that uh, the dice tower helps solve, and I actually did manage to get my dice tower. I have two here that I can show you. The one is a very compact one. Mm. It's this very compact dice tower here. It's a magnetic one. Um, so it can store one set of dice. It stores one set of dice in it, and then you put it together, and it will then um, you can put it to, you put it together, and then the, it it turns into a little dice tower um, that you can roll dice down. Now for me, the big the big I like the sound, I'll be honest. I really do <laughs> like the sound. It is nice. And to me, it's... I... Probably the... Re, the I will be honest, probably the bigger reason why I like Dice Towers is probably more as I started DMing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That, um, that helps, right? That kind of adds context, right? So when I'm DMing, a lot of times you will be doing a lot of rolls a lot and um, it could be just one or two die it could be three four five it could be a whole bunch and having something like a dice tower where you can just drop in your dice is really really for me very very um, handy and fast and I'll be honest with you it really adds to a lot of suspense when the players can't see it as well. Mm. There's, no, there's nothing quite like a dungeon master who is determining the next course of action for your party, and then you can't see it, but all of a sudden, you hear this, and it makes people wonder, wait, what just happened? <laughs> mm. So um, 
that's part of it for sure. But for me, I think the fact that it simplifies things for me a lot and it adds the auditory aspect, I think. is. But the big one also, I'll be honest as well, it keeps him from flying off the table. <laughs> that is a, as, 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 we, as, we show, as we saw as the other dice earlier, earlier in the, on the podcast just leaped off my table. So <laughs> yes. it, it prevents so. from escapees, yes. Um, all right. A all lot. right. So that is Dice Towers. Um, this one's a little, little bit, a little bit more thought-provoking, um, because it questions the entire purpose of dice. Do you think that the randomness and the probability of dice, um, and that, and that, uh, kind of, that kind of, um, connection, now, do you think that that's a means to an end? So, for instance, just being like, oh, we want to make somewhat of a random algorithm, but you have, like, a billion factors that, 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 that change it. Or, or is it one of the most essential things? So, that being, like, that, that being said, that um, everything can change with the roll of a dice, as the saying goes. I think, I will start out with saying what I think. I think that... Um, it should definitely always be an essential component. Um, um, I just I feel like that that it's I feel like it's more real in regards to any kind of use of the dice in a game or in or in um, in D and D or board games, tabletops, or anything like that. Because I feel like I feel like um, one uh, as I said, it's more real. It's more it's kind of a real realism thing when you're playing those type of games but two also i just i don't like um i don't like there being like advantages where it's like well i have a critical one for those that don't know critical one means that you completely failed because it's very hard to get a one and then critical 20 is that you super succeeded because it's it's easy to it's not easy it's not easy to roll 20 um so but i don't i don't think that it's fun when someone's like i've got a critical one but i've got like 15 advantages uh so it doesn't matter um, so that's my thoughts on it. Um, I just I think that they had to be the essential, uh, an essential uh, thought of thought of as an essential component. I I I I agree very strongly that, and you're it's a great that you bring that up because you're actually touching on something that you could probably discuss in a future podcast episode. Is and that is more specific about the um, philosophy and of different game design mm-hmm. elements, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because stay tuned for that. <laughs> exactly. Stay tuned. Coming to a podcast uh, a podcast provider near you. But um, yeah, I think what so I agree that. I definitely agree with the premise that the the core issue that I think you touched on, and that is that for games and um, things where there is there should be some sort of modeling of this idea that there is it's not not everything is predetermined, right? Um, this idea that there is some randomness to whatever it is um, in the world or what universe, or whatever. I agree that having that captured in a way that the player feels like they are somewhat in control of is important and dice are an excellent way to do that right like it's they're amazing at this idea of okay yes it's random but it's a random that 
I have some measure of control over somehow, right? So it's, yes, it may be I can blame the dice later or something, but the fact is, is that it's not, it's not some whimsical force of nature that is abstract. It's here encapsulated in this mm. randomness in my hand. I think that's very powerful and very, very um, essential for a lot of games. And I, I, it brings to mind a game that I originally bought years ago because I thought it was amazing in terms of its design. But after I got into it, um, it turns out there's no random elements to the game. <laughs> Even though it feels random, there actually is no randomness. It is in that way it's a it's a lot of like it's a lot it's a lot like chess or checkers mm. which are great games but there's no random factor to them right all the rules are set out ahead of time and i think dice are an excellent way to capture that mm. i think there's other ways to do it as well but dice are a definitely very popular and very good good way of doing it and any design that incorporates dice or some sort of element that captures that is going to do very well. And that, um, if you're in, and uh, you can tell me if you want to, I can segue into an excellent example of that as well. Uh, I think we'll save. I think we'll save that for uh, a yep. board game sure. board game sure. episode because um, that goes into game mechanics, not necessarily, not necessarily specific with dice. Right. Well, this is actually a dice. This is an example of that. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, sure. If it's, it's related to dice. I won't go into the details of the game per se, but this is an example of just how important do I think that that taking that design element of randomness that dice bring um, is important and can be really, really successfully done well because of the power of dice is a game called Dice Forge. Mm. It is literally a game where you are building your own dice. The whole purpose of the okay. game is to build your own die. And so you are, this touches exactly what you're saying, this idea of there's randomness, but here it takes it to the next step where now I'm actually manipulating and changing mm -hmm. the rules by changing the die. So I think games like this that take that aspect and then build on it to really are very powerful and dice are a great way to do that. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. That that yeah, I see what you're talking about. Um, I'd actually love to talk about that Dice Forge game on a board game, on the board sure, game episode. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll note that. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even building your own dice. Um, even even though you build even that that aspect of even if they're built dice, you they're dice that you've forged in the the mm -hmm. irons of 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 uh, Uthmer or whatever random fantasy city. Um, yeah. This seventh layer yeah. of yeah <laughs> there's still random right there's still a possibility that there's failures um which segues into my other thing that i wanted to point out is that i'm not against advantages believe me i've had dnd characters that had ridiculous charisma buffers and 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 uh, intimidation things but um they're not to be used as a as a as a um, absolute, uh, not absolute. As a uh, deterrent, or 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 um, make made made to. I don't know what, what word I'm trying to say, but basically make the 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 options dull. Um, because you know, obviously, if you're like, well, I have like a million points in this, so it doesn't matter what I roll, I automatically pass. Um, I think that advantages, even in, in non-D&D games, like, so say that you're like, oh, I get I get another dice, I can roll another dice. 
uh, because of whatever card I picked up or whatever. I think advantages should be used in a way that they provide confidence to the player to do to have an option. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say if you, it, if, if, you if you disagree, then by by all means chime in. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It's the fact that even though there is this fickle hand of fate that may determine some things in our in in whatever, the fact is is that it's a fickle hand of fate that we are holding. Right. It's not this abstract. And the fact that you and your character, you know, has this, you know, you've worked hard to. Yes, at the end of the day, there is some sort of randomness there, which is important. But you as a character understand that and ex- and work with it. And, you know, you're not breaking the rules. You're working the <laughs> rules to try to make them, you know, in your favor. And I know I think that's very powerful. It really goes to a lot to giving players agency and control over their experiences, which is very vital mm-hmm. for success. Yeah. Well, for any game, not just D&D, <laughs> but everything. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I'm going to ask, uh, we're going to go towards these final questions. Um, sure. And it's going to be the collecting aspect as well as opinionated. So, collecting opinions. Sure. I've said the title anyway. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That'll be a little cheesy. Ding, ding, about ding, it. ding. Um, where do you think, how do you think that people should start collecting dice? Should they do sets? Should they do random? Um, and should they wait till they have a game that require a particular dice? Or should they just start collecting, I guess? That's kind of the, the, the two parter question on that. How and I why? think that's a great. I think the great question, that's a great question because I think how should people start collecting die? I would actually argue that the vast majority of people out there actually already have die that they've <laughs> collected. They just don't realize it because mm. they don't think of it because, and this is an interesting thing because you brought up here, is that most of the time people, when they their experience with die in a lot of traditional settings, it's just another piece of something else so take your example monopoly right Mm -hmm. almost everybody has a set of dice in their monopoly game board at home but that's technically a dice collection it's just so tightly integrated with everything else associated with monopoly that that. they don't yeah okay Right. So everybody does have a dice collection. It's just whether or not they've decided to take them and pull them out of the various boxes and put them in a bag for nice, you know, to show on a, a, a you know, show other people, show off to other people is really the difference, I think. So okay. the so getting started is, I guess, in a sense, you've already started. So the next question is, is, well, OK, so you do have these dice. So where do you like, how do you break that idea and start dealing with dice as their own thing? And I think that's a great question. And you're right. I think, to me, um, probably the, the easiest way to get something like that started is to just... I'm all about aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty, you know. I think there are some dice out there that are genuinely works of art mm-hmm. in their own right. And I think that's totally valid, you know. Um, that would be a great way to do it. As to like where they should do it, I think personally, I think supporting your local game stores is a great idea. Uh, but collecting with... opinions always, always supports, uh, always, always supports supporting local businesses. By the way, you should always do that because um, they are they are the backbone, uh, so to speak, of of keeping these hobbies and collecting alive. Yeah, for sure, that hundred percent there. So I would definitely you know start there with any types of um options that they have now of course not all of them have a lot of options but that's a great place to start and 
yeah, I mean, I think for those interested in dice, um, the, if people are more in the, taking dice and extending it and digging into dice in from angles that people find they're personally interesting, I think is also a great way. One of the things that I think some people might find interesting is for those who are big fans of, let's say, Japanese anime, there are a lot of anime out there that actually showcase some traditional Japanese dice games. You know, maybe they aren't the mainstay, but it's one of those things where, hey, these games, they're actually real. You might want to check them out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sort of people who are interested in that kind of historical or maybe cultural aspect. And then they find out that, oh, yeah, I mean, weighted dice mm-hmm. in Japan and those areas, those were a big, big, big deal because of the, the, the cultural aspect, you know, and just sort yeah, of digging yeah, into yeah. that. And then and, you know, whatever the angle that people find interesting, I think, is going to be the best way to expand their collection. For me, it was D&D, but for other people, it's works of art You know, other people, it's history you know i think it's great because yeah. there will you, if you dig you will find a connection to dice i guarantee you it's interesting and it's interesting that way that you started that out by saying that dice everyone has a dice collection in in, in theory right because i was like they didn't even think about that but um yeah so i mean it's not it's like coins right like <laughs> like i'm not going to go into that because this is not a coin episode this is a dice episode <laughs> <laughs> but coins are kind of the same in that same vein is that you know if you want to start collecting you kind of already have so i think that's really cool um to me i honestly think that i agree with Danek. if you want to collect it for for the for the aesthetics or the history or just the game um things i i um i definitely say that you should get into them now how you should collect them i'm a little bit different um, I would say yes. Go to like your local, you know, da, 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 that stuff that we we're talking about. But I, and that's maybe just because I'm I'm more I have weird things that I I like I'm connections, right? Um, I say um, start out with sets if you want. That's perfectly fine because you want to have a full set. But if you are if you have like sets, couple sets, you know, now you're like, okay, cool, I've got a couple sets. Like I've got a couple sets, but. Pulling them from the those grab bag, uh, random boxes, bundles, whatever you want to call them, um, and oh yeah, yep, totally. Mm-hmm. Where you can tactilely, where you can tactilely touch them and roll them, just roll them. Because um, <clears throat> sometimes the dice speak to you. Um, and for instance, that's why I ended up with. I thought I ended up with this one because I was like, oh, that looks interesting, but it rolled really, really nice. Um, nice so and i was like well this is the, this is a winner clearly um and so I, I i picked it from the pile so that's how i i think that's how i that's why that's where i'll differ in my response is that i i feel like that you should kind of have a tactile feel before test drive them so to speak yes yeah no it makes sense and i like i said for me the physical aspect of them are amazing it to the point where it's interesting you mentioned this is not a coin episode however i am waiting it should be here very soon on a (laughs) set of coin dice Mm. it's called they're called flip dice and it is a full set of seven dice but they are coins that you flip Interesting, um, interesting. It is it is scheduled to be delivered. Um, it's fully funded and everything, so I'll be getting our Kickstarter's um, set. 
this um, coming soon, I think in the next month here. And the designs and everything is, they look amazing because they're full metal. Mm. They're, and, um, but it is dice, but they're coins. It's interesting you mentioned that. But um, so the physical aspect is, I agree, is, is very powerful. I will, I would like to point out for other people too as well, um, who are maybe a little confused by this, that there are plenty of other games that are not D&D that maybe your friends or family might be involved in that you didn't realize are heavy on dice, and one of them is um, Warhammer 40k. Mm, yes. Um, but that is different because those are all D6s, right? As opposed to, they don't <laughs> use any other dice, but yeah, that's a that's a different sort of gaming mechanic. But yeah, dice are everywhere. You just, most people probably don't realize it, so. All right. Um, well, uh, I think that's I think that's it for this episode because I do plan on potentially uh, having a couple more dice episodes uh, in the future with other or other other things because um, I think a lot of these collecting things uh, um, there's more that you can talk about in a particular uh, with particular other opinions. So I feel like those can be broken down. Um, so, but uh, with that, I will say uh, thank you, Danik, for Danik Rose for for being here and being my uh, my uh, recurring uh, my uh, not not something in between recurring and guest, but co-hosting, um, so to speak. Occasional, occasional, uh, <laughs> occasional member, I guess, right? Yeah, um, cameo, cameo co-host. <laughs> there um, you go. Um, is there anything you wanted to say, uh, a final thing you wanted to say about dice collecting to the to the fans or, or to the audience, rather? Yeah, um, I would say definitely, definitely, if something about dice has always intrigued you or even just remotely been interesting to you, definitely take the time to go and talk to somebody or a local game store. They will be more than happy to help you. Um, it might seem weird to if you don't really have a good context for it. And with that, um, your local game stores will definitely be able to give you good ideas on where to get started in playing games and expanding any kind of collection, whether it be dice or otherwise. So It's great. It's great. Um, I think my last thing I'm going to say about, about dice as well is that um, um, you know... Sometimes, uh, sometimes the dice can be more than just dice, and I'm not gonna be like, I'm not gonna try to get too philosoph- philosophical. But um, this, for instance, dice is kind of the earliest fidget toy. Kind of the earliest fidget toy because you can you can roll them around, you can you can do this, you can roll them on the table as a thing. Um, so they have a little more utility than just what they were made for and i think that they're uh except what danik was saying um the works of art um and they're worth collecting so if you really wanted to get into something small you wanted to have a little bit of you know something that you can feel a connection to while collecting and just uh wanna maybe you like just rolling things dice is a great way to do all of those um so all right, so uh, with that being said, we have the last final segment, and that is Shameless Plugs. Uh, is there anything you wanted to plug? Oh, wait, there is one thing I want to plug on this particular episode, uh, and that is your, uh, you had an anniversary, didn't you, Danik Rose? Yes, oh, uh, no, that was uh, last week, um, so um, been, uh, it, was an, it was a good time. Um, I got a chance to uh, actually see a movie in a movie theater for the first time in a long time. So that was great. <laughs> that was good. 
So congratulations you. on your anniversary. Um, but as I was as 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 I was uh, saying though, in regards to why I said that, was there anything you want to plug, or anything uh, as far as as far as like events or anything like that? Uh, feel free. I'll also, keep in mind this is not going to be published today, but it might be published. Sure. No, um, I don't really have anything major. I would just say, for those of you listening, um, give Omni a definite, um, you know, give him, uh, if you're not, you know, subscribed, go ahead and do that. Um, there's lots of other ways to support and things. Um, I am around in various places on the internet. Um, I'm sure if whatever you, if you do look, you might find my name show up somewhere. Um, but other than that, no, I don't have anything specific. I'm gonna make it a rule from 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 uh, this. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna think. I'm gonna think about making it a rule from this point forward. No one can plug me. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> we did that on episode two. I was like, I was like, oh my god, I need to make this a rule. This is getting ridiculous. Well, I mean, um, if you don't plug yourself, someone else is gonna plug you. That's, so that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah. So, uh, uh, Danic Rose can be found on uh, Twitch. And Twitter yep. or X, Twitter. No one's calling it X anymore. Um, yep. uh, and it's Danic Rose on either one of those. You can find me, uh, Omni Jerbear, uh, on pretty much almost anything except for Instagram because there was a stupid hack. Um, that is going to be the that is going to be real Omni Jerbear if you want to find me on Instagram. But I'm sure if you search Omni, you'll still find me. Um, so, but yeah, that is that is a wrap then. Um, I don't know when this episode will be up. It should be up soon. It'll be early September. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoy when you're listening. I hope this gives you uh, purpose uh, or, or gives you uh, something to do or give, gives you, it gives you uh, 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 joy uh, or was educational for you. Um, and uh, just to close it off, always remember, you are worthy. You are loved. You belong. And you can do wonderful things. Keep your star shining, and we'll look for, for you forever in the night sky. <laughs>